The John Morris Show, episode 122. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to The John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. Now, before I get into today's episode, I want to give you a little update or information, I guess I should say, about the direction of this here podcast going forward. So the the nitty gritty of it is any of you who've listened to this for any amount of time know that I like to play around with the different formats and how things are presented and so forth. And initially I started off, I only did YouTube stuff and then I switched over. I was primarily only doing podcast stuff and then I was doing podcasts, but I was uploading them to YouTube uh, and and so I've I've just kind of mixed it around and so forth, but uh, I'm kind of doing that again. And the, what's going to be happening going forward is I'm, there's some stuff that's going to be just podcast only, so you're only going to be able to get to it if you're subscribed on your you know iTunes or Stitcher or through Google Play Music, whatever. It's going to be purely podcast material. And then some of that stuff is going to be stuff that I turn into YouTube videos and put up on on YouTube. And just real briefly, I don't want to belabor this too much, but the reason I'm doing this uh, is because I think there's there's certain topics that I cover. A lot of this is driven by my email newsletter. So the topics and the ideas and the things that I want to cover are driven by the email newsletter that I send out on a daily basis. And I think some of that content is better fitted towards a longer form type podcast like what we're doing here. And I think some of that's better suited towards maybe a shorter form YouTube video like I do over on my YouTube channel. And of course, I do uh, tutorials and so forth, which is obviously better over on YouTube as well. And so I want to really try and put the right information in the right format instead of having just kind of a blanket coverage. So what that means is if you're listening to this here now, then this was only released out. This wasn't released on YouTube and so forth. So that means you're in the right spot to make sure you get all of the podcast episodes and so forth. But I don't plan on going forward when I do tutorial videos, releasing them here on the podcast because it doesn't make sense because you guys can't see any of of what I'm talking about and the code I'm going through. So those are going to be only over on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed over on YouTube, I recommend that you do that. You can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash YouTube to do that. If you're listening to the show for the first time, uh, then I would recommend subscribing to it on iTunes or your Android device. For iTunes, you're going to go to johnmorrisonline.com slash iTunes and John Moore or johnmorrisonline.com slash Android, depending on your device. So I want to put that out there so that you can kind of adjust accordingly going forward. And again, it's just about me putting the right information in the right place and the right format for to make it more convenient and easier for to you for you to consume. All right, so today's episode then we can go ahead and dive into that. I want to talk about uh a little bit about mobile apps and iOS 10. And so I sent this out in my newsletter just this morning and kind of felt like I wanted to dive in this into this a little bit deeper. So I'm going to I'm going to go through that a little bit and then uh, and then elaborate on kind of what I think's going on here. So uh in that newsletter I told a story about a guy named Joe Green. Now, <laughs> you've probably heard of A Joe Green, right, the football player, but you probably haven't heard of this Joe Green. 
And this Joe Green is a guy that was a roommate of Mark Zuckerberg. And this Joe Green actually helped. If you've watched the scene in The Social Network where Mark creates, him and his roommates create this uh, website or app basically called Face Mash. It's basically kind of a, like a hot or not type thing. It would pull up two pictures and you would pick which one you thought was better. And it was uh, girls that they were, you know, they were in college and they were messing around or whatever. So if you've seen that scene, then Joe Green actually helped Mark Zuckerberg build that face mash website. So he was he was there kind of at the beginning of this whole thing that Mark started doing. And he was actually around for the first iteration of Facebook. So he helped with that first kind of iteration building Facebook or the Facebook at the time. But the moment that Mark Zuckerberg decided to move to California and take the whole Facebook thing over there and drop out of school and really pursue it, Joe Green decided not to go with him. He decided to stay and get his de- uh, get his degree. And it's interesting because he, he talks about why. And he said that after the face mash thing, because they got in, you know, they'd gotten a decent amount of trouble for that because he had hacked into some different things and they had put a lot of load on the server and just a, a number of different reasons. He said after that and the threat of being expelled and so forth, his dad was not too keen on him getting involved in another project with Mark Zuckerberg. So he ended up turning him down. And not dropping out of school, staying and getting his degree. And now he later on did end up grabbing some shares of Facebook. He was able to do that. So when they had their IPO, then he, he still got some money out of the deal. But it's estimated that he missed out on roughly $400 million as a result of that decision. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a regular old person. I'm not some billionaire or anything like that. But uh, to to have a decision that lost me four hundred million dollars as a as a regular old dude that that's something that would probably haunt me for a while. Now don't feel too bad for the guy because he's gone on to do some pretty amazing things, some different websites and apps and so forth. Uh, and he's definitely uh, got his fair share, so to speak. But uh, I find it, uh, again, it, it, I would be, I would have a lot of regret about a decision like that, that, that cost me that. And I bring up that story because, you know, I'm not here to, to laugh at the guy or, or begrudge his decision, but it's a lesson in missed opportunities. And I think that we as developers, you as a developer in particular, are facing a similar kind of decision. I think we are, those of us who are in this industry, who already know a little bit, who are at least pursuing it and have some sense of what's going on, I think we are sitting on the edge of a similar kind of revolution that's taking place. And that revolution is mobile. Now, I know when I say that, that there's a lot of people who say, well, mobile's already taken over. Mobile's already you know, kind of changed everything. And that's true. Mobile has already started to change the way that the world works, the way that we as developers work. But I don't think we've seen anything 
yet. I think what's coming is much bigger than anything that we've seen so far. And one of the examples or one of the reasons I think this, I just look at my two youngest boys. My youngest is four. My middle child is eight. And they are complete tech heads, right? They're every gadget device. I mean, my four-year-old knows how to use his phone better than, actually, he knows how to use my wife's phone better than my wife does, right? These guys are just, they've grown up with it. They're always using it. They're just natural talents when it comes to this kind of thing. And I cannot remember. It's been, it's been years. And even, even then it wasn't heavy. My, my, my eight-year-old, maybe a little bit more, but my four-year-old, I, he's never been been any kind of avid TV watcher, right? TV, regular broadcast or cable TV like you and I know, it's just never been a part of his his world. He, they, they just haven't watched that kind of thing for years. And it's things like YouTube and Netflix and Hulu. That is their TV. In fact, any given day, if you were to go to my kids, you know, summer day when they're not at school, they, if you were to go in their room, it'd be one of two things. They'd either be playing a video game or they'd be on YouTube. That's, that's their entertainment. And uh, when they get bored of video games, they watch YouTube. They just, they don't watch TV. They don't do any of it. And a majority of that watching is either on their phone or them, or them casting from their phone to a a Chromecast. So they're using their phone as the main device that they're interacting with. And they're both complete phone tech snobs, meaning everywhere they go, they have the, they, they have a phone, they have their face buried in it. They expect to be able to watch all this stuff everywhere they go, even though I don't let them because that's a huge data suck. But whenever we go to a restaurant, you know, we got, we hook up to Wi-Fi, all that, all that stuff, everywhere they go, they expect to be able to watch and so forth. They're just complete phone snobs. And so when I look at that and I try and project that out to the future, what I think about, what sticks with me is, can you imagine when those kids are 20, 30, 40 years old, the next you know, 10, 20, 30 years, what's going to happen? When kids who... I don't even know if they would know what cable TV is. I don't even think broadcast, I can't even bother with that. Like, that's so beyond, I mean, they would have no clue. But even cable TV, which is still pretty relevant, although less so, but I I don't think they would have even any comprehension of what that is. I mean, their, their TV, their channels, what they watch is Jacksepticeye and Markiplier and Pie and that's their broadcast TV, so to speak. Those are their shows. So again, can you imagine when those kids are 20, 30, 40 years old? I think we're just on the tip of the iceberg when it comes to all of this. Now, don't take my word for it, okay? <laughs> because you don't have to. You don't have to believe me. The, if you look at any mobile statistics, almost every statistic you'll find is showing that, that, that this trend is happening. So, for example, 
Americans now spend more time consuming digital media on their phones than they do on their desktop, 51% to 42%. So they just ask people, where do you consume your digital media? And 51% said on their phones primarily, whereas 42% said on the desktop primarily. And that's been shifting the way of mobile uh, over the years. Also, nearly two-thirds of Americans own a smartphone, and 46% of those smartphone owners say that their smartphone is something that they couldn't live without. 87% of millennials, the much maligned generation, always have their smartphone with them, and 78% spend over two hours a day using their smartphone. Now, this one's especially interesting to me. 84% of 13 to 17-year-olds own a mobile phone, and 83% of 6 to 9-year-olds use a tablet. So 84% of 13 to 17-year-olds, not adults, own a smartphone or a mobile phone, and 83% of 6 to 9-year-olds use a tablet. That should give you some idea of what's coming. Finally, 65% of U.S. smartphone users check their phones within 15 minutes of waking up, and 64% check them within 15 minutes of going to bed. What all of that tells you is that we are smartphone crackheads. We are addicted to our phones, and our kids are even worse than us. Now, You could do the whole old man, get off my grass and begrudge all of this and talk about how this is what's ruining society, this, that. Okay, there may be an argument there. But the way that you feel about it, what the way you feel about the way the trend is going doesn't matter. Not when it comes to your career and your business. Because this is happening. And your job, all you can do as looking at your career or as a business person, is know what's going on and adjust to it. So the way you feel about it, if, if you're begrudged, if you're angry about it, which I'm particularly not, actually. I think it's it's better in a lot of ways. Everything has advantages and disadvantages, but I think there's more advantages to the way the thing, that things are going than the way things used to be. I actually love how people who... You know, old school people who will sit there and begrudge technology and phones. Everybody's got their bar- fa- uh, face buried in their phones, this, that, the other. Are people who will sit down at night and watch four hours of TV. <laughs> All right. So, I, again, I, I think it gets a little overblown. But it doesn't matter that whether you agree, disagree with the way things are going. That's the way things are going. And there's nothing that's going to stop that. So, as a developer... You need to just, you need to pay attention to it because if you don't, you could end up missing on out on something like Joe Green did or the thousands of others across various industries throughout the years that have missed out on opportunities like this because they were too stubborn to just see the reality and adjust to it. And I bring all this up in relation to what's happening with iOS and what's coming up with iOS. Because if you're a news hound like I am, then you'll know that iOS 10 is supposed to launch this fall. And they've already released some betas. They've already released developer previews and so forth. As a matter of fact, 
Apple just recently released uh, the second iOS 10 beta, I believe it was. And a lot of news sites are saying that's an indicator that the re- release, the actual formal release, is is on track for September. So by September, we could have a new release of iOS. Now, some interesting things about this particular release. For one, this is Apple's first major release since making Swift 3 open source. So they open sourced their iOS kind of programming language, which is Swift. And so this is the first major release that they're doing since then, which means there's going to be a lot of improvements and changes and so forth when you open from a closed, uh, move from a closed system to an open system. The reason most people, most software development companies and people go open source is because it leads to a better product in the end because you have a larger community help actually working on the language itself, not just using the language to build apps and so forth. So there, there, there is likely to be a lot of changes and upgrades and so forth as a result of this. So for example, some things I've seen people talk about in terms of what you're going to be able to do. So you can, you'll be able to create apps that allow users to make or send payments. They can book rides, make reservations all directly from within iMessage and maps. So that'll be kind of interesting. It's kind of like Facebook's messenger, how you can send payments and and do all sorts of things inside of there. It seems like that similar trend. Um, You can get the full experience of VoIP as if though it were a regular call. Now I know I have project Fi on Android and and they do this when I'm at home connected to Wi-Fi or if I'm out connected to Wi-Fi, they will try to make the call through Wi-Fi instead of using the cellular data. Apparently uh, the new release of iOS is going to kind of go that way as well. You can view and answer VoIP calls from your lock screen. You can start a VoIP call directly from contacts and so forth. So beefing up the VoIP VoIP experience. Uh, you can connect your apps to series commands. So you can start a workout, call a friend, search photos, etc. all through voice. So those are just some of the things as examples that I've seen that that you're going to be able to do with this new release. But the thing is, and this is the the point for you, you can't do any of that if you don't know Swift. And even if you already do know some of the languages, this is a completely brand new release that's been open source. There's going to be a lot of things that change. So you need to get the scoop on this new release. And if you've been waiting for a time for you to get into iOS and app development, then this is a good time to do it because there's a lot of other people because of the, again, the open sourcing thing and the new release of a new version that are going to be playing catch up as well. So this is a point in time when you're not going to be as far behind as you might otherwise be because everybody's having to to play a little catch up. Now, as a side note, I, I can tell you that what 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 got me thinking about this uh, initially is Udemy is actually getting ready to do a launch for two new courses by Rob Percival and Mark Price, who are two well-known instructors o- over on Udemy. You know, I've talked before about the complete web developer course from Rob Percival. He's got, you know, uh, uh, he's already got some iOS courses. He's got an iOS watch course. He's got an Android course. Got a number of different courses out there. One of the more well-known, well-respected uh, instructors that's out there, and and Mark Price as well. And so, 
they're both going to be releasing new iOS 10 courses that's going to teach all of this stuff. All Everything that's in the new release, plus everything, if you've never done iOS development before, start at the very beginning of installing all the necessary things that you need, getting to know the basics, and then being able to, to build real apps. And that's actually what I like about Rob Percival, uh, his courses, is when you go through them, he actually teaches you how to build real things. I think in his iOS 9 course, it was something like different three or four different apps that you built. There was an Instagram clone, I think a Snapchat clone, maybe even more than that. But you build actual apps as you go through this, which I think is, if you've guys, you've listened to the podcast at all for any amount of time, you guys know I harp on that constantly. I think it's absolutely critical to build real things as you learn. So anyway, they're releasing these courses over there and uh, they're going to be doing this launch promo. You get... I've been hearing 40 to 50% off the the courses and so forth. So that's what initially brought this up for me. If you guys want to track what's going on over there when everything goes live and you want to be able to get access to those courses at the discounted rate, I've set up a link for you. It's johnmorrisonline.com slash iOS 10 launch. So iOS, the number one, the number zero, L-A-U-N-C-H, iOS 10 launch. And like I said, the launch price, I think, is to be 40 to 50% off. And, and the courses usually aren't that, that expensive anyway. So I think they're capped at 50 bucks now on Udemy. So, again, if that's something that you're looking to get into, uh, then you may want to take a look at that page. But the important thing is this is something, I think, going forward, looking at all the trends that we've seen with mobile and all the statistics and just looking around and watching people, this is things are more and more heading this way. I've always been one who's been slow to move on things because I think sometimes as developers we get so caught up in trends. You know, the next new shiny thing comes out and it everybody, you know, there's this group of people that says it's the next best thing. It's going to completely replace this, that, or the other. And I've always been kind of slow to move on that stuff because I've seen that not be the case with plenty of things. But and I've always I've said in the past that I thought there might be some merging of kind of web languages and the kind of core apps, Swift and, and Java for, for Android. I thought there might be some sort of melding there where we get some mix where maybe learning Swift or Java at this point wasn't necessarily something you needed to do. But I think we're, I, I'm more and more convinced that we're beyond that. I think that we're going to see for the foreseeable future Apple using Swift, Android using Java. I don't I I don't think we're going to see a rise of these mobile apps. I do think or or mobile web apps, so web-based apps kind of like you open an app and it really just brings up a a web page for you to interact with. You know, I I think we'll see that that technology get better for the web, but I don't think we're going to I don't think we're going to see that re- replace or meld somehow with what we see now. I think the the languages that are being used for programming apps are here to stay for the foreseeable future and it doesn't really make sense anymore to wait and see what happens. Now's the time to get get out there and start learning Swift for iOS, start learning Java for uh Android development and kind of dig in on, on all of this. So, again, I think this, we haven't seen anything yet. I think what's coming 
is going to be much crazier than what we've seen up to this point. Um, much crazier than probably any of us can even fathom as the technology continues to advance and as the demand, demand is what drives the innovation in my point of view, that as the demand grows, then you see things opening up and, and the, the innovation happening. And so as these, we're, we're just at the tip of an iceberg of a generation of kids who've grown up with this stuff, who've just grown up expecting it. And so we're just at the tip of that. So we have no idea what's going to happen when that four-year-old who's had a phone in his hand since two years old is better with the technology than his parents ever could be. When that child reaches 18, 20, 30, 40 years old, I just don't think we have any idea of how big mobile is going to get and, and what it's going to look like. So now is the time. This is what I try to do with you guys is give you kind of that clarion call beforehand. Now is the time where you have a window where you where you have something, in my opinion, where you know, right, this isn't jumping on a trend too early. Mobile's been around for a while. You know this is here to stay. You know generally the direction it's going to go in terms of we're going to be on these languages for the foreseeable future. It's not going to be some massive change or switch like Apple did a, a, a little while back. And, but yet you're still ahead of the big wave, right? It's kind of like knowing about responsive design before the general public knew about responsive design. There's a window there. There's a window of opportunity to get in on this ahead of the curve before the massive wave comes in. Uh, and it's also a time period when you know what the future is going to foreseeable future is going to look like when it comes to this stuff. So Again, this is what I try to do with you guys is is give my best guesstimate of what's going to be happening, what's going to be coming out. And I think mobile app development is where things are headed. So whatever you do, whether you decide to do the Udemy courses or whatever, learn this. Because I think mobile's only going to get more important. It's only to get going to get bigger. It's only be going going to become more and more part of what we do as developers. Again, I think these courses are a great way to do that. I've always been an advocate of this kind of thing, especially when you can get them as cheaply as you can during a launch like this. But regardless, whatever you do, start learning this, start figuring out how to do this uh, and become a mobile app developer. I think it will serve you well for the foreseeable future. All right, again, if you'd like to watch those launches, it's johnmorrisonline.com slash iOS 10 launch. All right, so that'll do it for this episode. Like I said, this is a podcast-only episode. You won't find this over on YouTube. If you want to make sure that you don't miss any of these podcast-only episodes, then I recommend that you subscribe to the show, johnmorrisonline.com slash iTunes for your iTunes device or Apple device johnmorrisonline.com slash android for your android device. If you do me a favor, and if you would head on over to iTunes at johnmorrisonline.com slash iTunes and leave me a review, I would greatly appreciate that as well. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.